thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Today we remember Jesus is risen. As has been said by many over the last few days, our buildings may be empty and so is the tomb because we can rejoice that Jesus is no longer dead and buried but he's risen defeating death and sin. For our message today for Easter Sunday, I do want to rewind a little bit in the Easter story to look at three characters who get a very brief mention. But I believe these three beef characters and their interactions with Jesus give us a flavour of the entire message of Easter. But they also challenge us as Christians to move forwards and onwards. We thought it would be a good idea to have some other faces. Maybe you don't think mine's up to scratch. You'll notice the beard is, is gone. Um, but uh, I think it was a very close vote on that, by the way, seven to six. But we thought it would be a good idea to have some other faces for people to see on these videos. So we have some guest readers today. If you'd like to do that in future um, episodes, then please message me and we can try and arrange it. But our first reading today is from Matthew chapter 27 verses 15 to 21 and it's Re Rebecca McElgorm that's here to read it for us. Now it was the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner to the crowd, anyone they wanted. This year there was a notorious prisoner, a man named Barabbas. As the crowds gathered before Pilate's house that morning, he asked them, Which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Messiah? He knew very well that the religious leaders had arrested Jesus out of envy. Just then, as Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him this message. Leave that innocent man alone. I suffered through a terrible nightmare about him last night. Meanwhile, the leading priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas to be released and for Jesus to be put to death. So the governor asked again, which of these two do you want me to release to you? The crowd shouted back, Barabbas. Thanks, Rebecca. In these difficult days of online shopping and uh, queuing for entrance to Tesco and Asda and other supermarkets that are available, um, I don't know if any of you have managed to get a delivery. Um, we actually managed just the other day to get one and we had some shopping done, which included some items for my mother-in-law. And uh, she loves eating different seeds as snacks. And she'd asked us to order her some pumpkin seeds. Well, when the delivery came, they had done a substitution. Uh, sometimes you dread those substitutions. Sometimes they're great because they actually give you something better than you'd ordered. But what was the substitution? She'd ordered a packet of pumpkin seeds and they'd substituted it. What for? 
It was for a seeded granary loaf of brown bread. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, that isn't exactly a direct substitution. And it did make me wonder, have you had any strange substitutions in your shopping? It made me look online and uh, I looked to see what strange substitutions people had been given in, in their shopping. Well, somebody who'd ordered foil baking trays had got pink and white marshmallows. That's not exactly any sort of substitution. Somebody who ordered red strawberry lace sweets had actually had them substituted for actual red shoelaces. Not quite as much fun. And uh, another one was a garden fork that had been ordered in in order to work the flower beds and to, to till the soil of the back garden. And uh, they'd been, they had a substitution for an actual packet of dinner forks. Again, not quite as useful. So the win of the substitution usually is to get the same thing or better than you ordered so that everything is still okay and you're a satisfied customer. Well, in the reading that Rebecca did, Pilot tries to find a way to wriggle out of making a choice. He realises that Jesus has done nothing wrong. He realises that, that Jesus is innocent. And so he decides to let the crowd choose. Shall we crucify Barabbas? the substitute should we should we crucify him a man who is known as a criminal and deserves this punishment or should we crucify jesus notice as we read that it's the religious leaders that stir up the crowd to shout crucify him to jesus the people who last week were shouting hosanna were now demanding jesus's life do you know as substitutions go jesus is a definite upgrade He's the best choice because he was the perfect, innocent lamb of God who was substitute not just for Barabbas, but for the whole world. Barabbas in the story is set free and Jesus takes his place. Not just that, but this Easter we remember that Jesus took our place. He was pierced for our sin and wounded for our iniquities. He was given so that we could be forgiven. The delivery driver, when they come from the supermarket, always says, are you happy with your substitution? If not, you can choose to say, no, thank you very much. Well, Jesus offers the same. We can be truly happy with our substitution today because he died and rose again. He died in my place and I can go free. Barabbas walked free, even though he had done plenty to deserve his punishment. Today, we can walk away free because our substitute has paid the price for us. He was the only one that could do it for all people. So this Easter, we remember Jesus, the substitute for our sin. The second reading I want us to look at briefly today is read by Manny. Take it away, Manny, from Matthew chapter 27, verses 31 to 33. When they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the robe and put on his own clothes in him again. Then they led him away to be crucified. Along the way, they came across a man named Simon. He was from Cyrene and the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus's cross. And they went out to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. Thanks, Manny. Now, none of us like to be forced to do things. I can remember Sundays as a young boy 
not only was I uh, forced to go to a church service that was very quiet and very still, I was forced to wear the itchiest, most uncomfortable clothes you could imagine to go to church. So not only was it a service where I would be shushed if I made the slightest sound, my mum set me the challenge of having to sit still while desperately wanting to itch my, my Farris slacks or whatever they were called. And uh, I had to wear the modern day equivalent of sackcloth, I think I would say. Well, there's actually also a photo on the wall of my mum and dad's upstairs corridor. And uh, it's us as a family. There's several of us throughout the ages. One when I was just a tiny baby. One when we were a little bit older and me and Phil were wearing matching clothes. We were forced to wear matching clothes. Ruth got away with it. But then also there's one when I was probably about 13 or 14, that age where you want to be cool, where you want to be uh, at least not stand out for the wrong reasons. And this photo, I absolutely hate it. Not because it shows my family. I love my family very much. My mum, my dad, my brother and my, my sister. I, I nearly added an extra there, but hey, my mum, my dad and my brother and my sister. I was forced in that in that picture to wear clothes I didn't want to. I remember coming downstairs uh, when we were going to get the photograph taken and I'd chosen clothes that I thought were great and were comfortable. And my mum said, no, you've got to go upstairs and put something else on. And I had to wear smart clothes. And I think the trousers were the shortest, itchiest trousers I had. They were very tight. And not only that, I had a jacket and a shirt and tie that I had to wear. And I was forced to wear clothes that I didn't like. But not only that, the photo is also one I don't like because the photographer forced me to sit on the floor in these tight trousers and pose in a way I really didn't want to while everybody else stood up. And uh, I can remember, I can remember that day vividly. And I know looking at it now, it's an embarrassing picture. Not only that, I had the bowl head haircut that I was probably forced to have as well. Although my mum will probably say it was my choice, but I don't think it was. But here in the Bible reading that Manny did, we see a man who is mentioned literally in these three verses. He's mentioned briefly in all the gospel accounts of the crucifixion. Simon the Cyrene. He comes to Jerusalem, probably on pilgrimage for the festivals. Maybe he's just minding his own business at the side of the street, walking along as this procession of misery goes past. And Jesus at this point is so weak because he's taken punishment that's so severe that on its own could possibly kill a person. In fact, if you've never seen the film Passion of the Christ, I actually find the most uncomfortable part of that film is the, the, the torture. The bit that devastates me most is the torture that Jesus endured before the cross. The things that he went through, the scourging, the whipping and the treatment of Jesus before he even gets to the cross is horrendous. And actually in that film, his death on the cross comes as a relief before his glorious resurrection appearance. So at this point, Jesus is struggling to carry the cross through the street. His back is opened up and bleeding. He's probably slowing everything down. He's probably stumbling. He can't go much further. So the soldiers grab someone from the crowd, an average Joe Bloggs, and they say, you there, carry this. And Simon is forced to carry Jesus's cross to its final destination. Forced against his will, he has no choice. Notice it's not Jesus that does the forcing. It's the world's people, it's the world's rulers that does the forcing. Jesus does not force himself on us. 
The Bible says he knocks and waits. He prompts us. He asks permission. Jesus himself said that to be Christians, we need to take up our cross daily. Do you know, he won't force us to do that. But it is an act of sacrifice of ourself. It's an act of surrendering our lives to him. It is our choice to surrender and pick up that cross. That means when we pick up a cross, it means to put Jesus first, to have him as Lord, to identify with him in his suffering even, to say his will, not ours. And even, even if that means that sometimes life will get difficult, even if it's hard. Do you know, Simon wouldn't have found it easy to carry that cross. It would have been heavy. It would have been uncomfortable. He was walking the same path as Jesus. It would have been in front of a baying mob of people saying crucify him and, and maybe even throwing insults, maybe, maybe spitting at him, maybe throwing physical things and abuse at him. Well, Easter is the time we remember new life. And that means aligning ourselves with the Saviour. And sometimes that will be hard. Sometimes it might involve being treated the way the crucified Jesus was. But it is a choice of ours to pick up a cross. It was the soldiers, the world's people that forced it on Simon. The world today will try and force lots of things on us, try and force things on us and not give us a choice. Maybe label us, maybe, maybe make life hard for us. But Jesus says, will you come to me? He says, you're welcome. He warns it won't be easy, but he says we can accept it and that he has overcome the world through his death and resurrection that we remember today. So we remember that Jesus is the best substitution and we remember that he took the place of us. We also remember at Easter that he will not force himself on us, but if we choose to pick up our cross daily, we can have life to the full, eternal life promised through Jesus Christ. Our final reading today is read by Francis from Luke chapter 23, verses 39 to 43. Go for it, Francis. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed, So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself, and us too, while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, Don't you fear God, even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. Thanks, Francis. Well, the final two characters alongside Jesus from the Easter story of the crucifixion are both criminals with a past, people with uh, skeletons in the closet, people who've made big mistakes that has led to this point. We've seen the soldiers mock Jesus, we've seen the crowds mock Jesus, and now we see the thief hanging next to him, mocking him too. It's never nice to be mocked, is it? Never nice, even if it's just light teasing. This week, I have been mocked for getting locked in bathrooms, something I seem to make a habit of and not being able to get out. I've been mocked for getting trapped in our lounge one time and I couldn't get out. I've been mocked for my interest in, in uh, Biscoff and its subsidiary products. 
I've even been teased for my fear of birds, would you believe? I've been mocked for many things. I often get teased for forgetting lyrics to songs and probably this morning as we've worshipped, I've probably done that again. I get mocked for playing wrong notes or chords and again, it just proves I'm not perfect, far from it. But it can be unpleasant to be mocked and Jesus was mocked brutally. It wasn't just a light teasing or a little bit of banter. Jesus was mocked in such a way that was unpleasant, unsavoury and unkind. He was mocked for being the saviour. Just think about that for a minute. He was mocked for being the person who could give the solution to sin for the whole world. He was mocked as the Messiah, the promised one of God. He was mocked because he was the son of God. Maybe uh, you're scared of sharing your story. and A few people this weekend have been challenged to film a three minute video of the, how Easter has changed their lives. And it's been great to see a few from Spring Mountain doing that. But maybe we're a little bit fearful. Maybe, maybe we're scared of sharing our story of what Jesus has done for us because we're worried about being mocked. Well, we've read already today that we need to take up that cross. And Jesus also knows what it's like to be mocked. I want to finish today by pointing out something that struck me as I read this account. Do you know, I've read the Easter story many times and obviously this time of year, we, we read it every year and we try and get something different and new. But the most important thing is to know that Jesus is risen. The tomb is empty. He is not there. But as I read this account this year, there's something that struck me about the first thief's comment. He says, Jesus, save yourself and us too while you're at it. That is what he says. That sums up his words. Jesus, save yourself and us too while you're at it. What he really meant was, get us off this cross. Release me from this panic and this pain. Get me out of this difficult situation and please do it right now. That's what he meant. He wasn't meaning anything else. He just wanted release from the current situation. Well, the second thief said three things and he answered questions differently. He said, don't you fear God? And maybe that's a question we need to ask ourselves today. Do we fear God? Not in a way of um, that he's a, 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 a bad father or a difficult headmaster, but in a way that says, actually, I have massive respect for the creator of the universe who is able to do all things. The second thief said, don't you fear God? And actually, the Bible tells us that fearing God is the beginning of wisdom. So we see in this second thief who's made mistakes, who's got a past that's checkered, the beginning of wisdom. Then he says, we deserve to die for what we've done. Do you know that's confession? The second thief on the cross fears God, recognises that God is the, the, the ruler of all, that God is over all. And then secondly, he says, I've made mistakes. I deserve this punishment. This man has done nothing wrong. He acknowledges that Jesus was the innocent lamb of God. And then he says, Jesus, remember me in your kingdom. God's kingdom is forever. God's kingdom is eternal. The first thief's requests on the cross were for immediate reaction. The first thief's requests were something physical and something temporal. But the second thief's requests were for spiritual things and for eternity. The first thief 
was asking selfishly. The second was recognising the Saviour. The thing I noticed most as I read this passage was Jesus actually was doing exactly what the first thief asked for. He did save himself because today we celebrate the empty tomb. Jesus rose again and beat death. He himself was raised and saved from the grave. So he did save himself. The second thief, because of all that he acknowledges, Jesus says to him, today you will be with me in paradise. So the second thief was saved as well. The first thief wasn't because he didn't recognise what Jesus came to bring salvation to. He wanted for himself instead of looking to a saviour. We need to be more eternal in our thinking and in our conversation. Easter today, Easter Sunday, is about eternal matters, not temporary ones. We may be desperate to go out. We may be desperate to get out of this situation we are in. But Jesus says it's eternity that matters. Maybe today you don't want to pick up the cross. Maybe it's too challenging. But Jesus says it's the only way to do life, to bring obedience to him and to put self to one side. Jesus is the best substitute. He's the best person who could ever have died for us and he's the only one that we should choose to be delivered in the first place because he delivers us from death and from sin and from evil. Today we rejoice because the tomb is empty. But don't let our lives be empty. Let us live them in the fullness of Jesus Christ. Let us live knowing that the best is yet to come. Happy Easter and enjoy today. And remember that he is risen. Join us for Zoom worship tonight if you can. And see some familiar faces as we worship the King of Kings. And remember we don't have to live in the Friday anymore. Because Sunday has come and Jesus is king. Happy Easter and God bless you.